Hello and welcome to yet another new episode of Balls and Whistles, a Highland News and Media Sports podcast hosted by yours truly, Andrew Henderson, and sports editor, Will Clark. Will, as we record this, it's been a pretty full-on couple of hours. How have you coped with it? Oh, I need to sit down. There's been a lot going on. No, thankfully, um, good news as well. Overjoyed to hear that Broader Rangers and Kelty Hearts will get their playoff and the chance to get promoted to League Two. Uh, it's just what they deserve. I didn't think it was going to happen. I don't know what you thought. Did you think it was going to happen? My gut told me that it would, especially after the whole Super League debacle and the, the statement that Scottish football released in response to that. I felt like they kind of backed themselves into a corner, that they couldn't deny Brewer and Kelly the opportunity to go up. Whether that was going to be through the playoff or whether that was going to be through reconstruction, I know there were more rumours going about over the last day or two that Kelsey and Brewer might just go up into League Two and the playoff wouldn't take place and nobody would go down. But I, I thought there was no way they could deny them that opportunity to move up into the, the SPFL pyramid. And like you say, it's great news. It's finally been confirmed. The playoff is happening. We've been waiting weeks to say this and we actually know now as well the first leg is going to take place in Brewer on Tuesday. The second leg is going to take place at Kelty next Saturday. So we don't even have all that long to wait. I genuinely thought it was cream crackered. I, I, had, I had zero faith that the playoffs would go ahead. So I'm absolutely delighted that I was wrong for once. Yeah, we'll say for once. For once, aye. It, it's very rare. Um, although I did say Air United would finish second in the championship at the end of the regular season. We'll get on to that one in a bit, though. <laughs> um, hope, I mean, it looks like it's going ahead now. Uh, hopefully, Breakins won't launch a challenge to the decision and it'll have an effect on the playoffs. Not saying that Breakin will finish bottom, it's likely they will, but it's just it's the right thing after what happened last season. They were wrongly denied it the chance to uh, play for promotion or receive automatic promotion. And yes, it was ridiculous this season. Brewer Rangers were crowned champions after just three games. But no one can deny them a place in the playoffs and a chance to um, play for promotion next season. Before the decision was made, there was actually talk that the League 2 might be extended to 12 teams next season. I would have been against that, to be honest. Even though I was all for it last season, I would have been against it this season because I think that would have been a cop-out for the team that finishes bottom at League 2 because the clubs were against league reconstruction last season. Why are you for it now? Why do you want... Well, we know why they wanted it, so they can avoid relegation. But it was decided that there'll be 22 games to finish League 2 this season will be played to finish. So there's not a reason not to have playoffs. And it went to the judge who decided, you know what, everything's gone by the book. Everyone's followed the rules. It's game on. And rightfully, it will be decided on the pitch. And I'm really looking forward to it. I can't call who will win between Brewer and Kelty. I think they're two very evenly matched teams. Um, could go to penalties. But I do believe whoever wins that game will beat whoever's bottom the league too. If it is breaking, uh, I, I would say the winners in the semi-final will be heavy favourites. This is the next question, isn't it? Who's going to actually make it to that playoff final? Do you think it's an advantage for Brewer to be playing at home first, 
when it is relatively short notice. I know they've been training the last few weeks, but it's only, what, four or five days before the actual match they know it's going to take place? I don't think it's a big advantage, no. Um, especially with still no fans being allowed in the stadiums. Although there is one convenient uh, area um, behind the goal mouth where fans can stand on the street and watch all the action uh, without fear of retribution. But I feel that a positive result in the first leg will be vital um, just to defend going into the second leg. Kelty are an excellent team as well. I really can't call who's going to win that. It's two games I'm really looking forward to. I'd be delighted for Brora Rangers because we are based in the Highlands if they did get promoted. Uh, even for a covered work academy for six years, <laughs> such a rivalry there. <laughs> it is. Oh, it, it, it reached fever pitch. I mean, even a bit nasty during the mid twenty tens, but I think it's calmed down a lot bit now. But you know what? I, I really hope it is breaking at finish bottom. I'm getting a bit personal here. It's just the whole <laughs> we'll challenge the the decision. I mean, the cheek of it. Eh? It, it wouldn't really matter, would it? Because Cowden Beath came out against the playoff happening as well, didn't they? Yeah, Donald Finlay was a bit out of order of what he said as well. The integrity of holding playoffs when a team is crowned champions after three games. Where was the integrity last season of denying Barora Rangers and Kelty a playoff? At the end of the day, the right decision has been made. Game on. Absolutely. And we'll look forward to getting coverage of that one on Tuesday and just having football back in... Sutherland, because that in itself has been a little while. I know from talking to Callie Thistle interim manager Neil McCann and Ross County manager John Hughes over the last few weeks, everybody, maybe Wick aside, wants to see Brora in the SPFL. It would be great for the Highlands in general. So fingers crossed and good luck to them. <laughs> Disclaimer, even Wick Academy would like to see Brora Rangers go up. Uh, you think? I think so, yeah. I mean, they'll miss the North Derbies, don't get me wrong because they are crowd pullers. They'll miss the rivalries, but I think they'll sort of back them in going up uh, a level because they deserve it. They've been heavyweights in the division for years, so it's only right. Well, you see what they've done in the Scottish Cup as well. They beat Hearts, but they did lose to Stranraer, so it won't be easy in League Two. But if they do go up, I think they'll be among the top teams going for promotion to League One. I can see Brewer Rangers following the same sort of path as Cove Rangers. I rate them that highly. There's a few teams, to be fair, looking to be upwardly mobile in the lower leagues. You've obviously got Cove trying to get into the championship this season. Queen's Park, now League Two champions, making a big push as a full-time club now instead of amateurs. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Brewer can be the next one. And it might not even be that long before we see Brewer versus Cove in the league again. Maybe Brewer Rangers, Cove Rangers in the championship in a couple of years' time. You never know. How great would that be? Uh, spoke to director Ben Mackay one or two months ago. It was a great conversation because we spoke about uh, when the playoffs were first introduced mm-hmm. and Brora Rangers played Montrose. And he admitted himself there was maybe a bit of reluctance to go up because he felt Brora Rangers were kind of pushed into it. They weren't really ready to make the step up. Sure. But they certainly are ready to make the step up now. Um, they say they've got a business plan in place to become a successful club at League Two level and then look into the future, hopefully progress beyond. So the, the ambition is certainly there at Sutherland just now. So good luck to them. I wish them all the best. Yeah, absolutely. And from one club who now know they're going to get a playoff opportunity to 
Another that we now know definitely won't be in the playoffs this season is a bit of a hammer blow for Cali Thistle last week. Obviously, the Dunfermline result went against them, but it was a, a disappointing 3 0 defeat away at Hearts. The players themselves, and Neil McCann has said since that they didn't do themselves justice, they let themselves down. But it means that they're going into tomorrow night's game against Air United, their last of the season with nothing really to play for because Queen of the South, one spot behind them, are only three points behind, but we need a 16-goal swing for Cali Thistle to finish in anything other than fifth. It's just a disappointing one for them really to not have that chance of going up themselves this year, isn't it? This is how I felt after the result on Saturday. Right. I was so gutted for them. Because it was, I was, you were at the game. I was back in Inverness following your tweets. Nine minutes, they were 2-0 down. To be honest, I knew it was kind of all over unless Arbroath could pull it back. And to be fair, after they went 2-0 down, credit to Arbroath, they did their best to keep the Cali Thistle's playoffs hope alive. Uh, even at 4-3, I think they had a header cleared off the line in injury time. But after Dundee, I think there was a bit of inevitability of what was going to happen. The fate was out of their own hands. Saying inevitability, I thought Hearts might be in a bit of party mode, a bit relaxed, not really too concerned about the result because they're going to be lifting the trophy afterwards. How wrong was I? Just bombardment in the first 10 minutes, would that be first, fair to say? Yeah, Scott Allen had a chance like literally a minute or two in from a corner that I think might actually have shaved the crossbar. I'm not sure I picked it up at the time. And then from there, it was just one-way traffic. Liam Boyce was really impressive up front with his link-up play. I think from the outside, he's generally seen as more of a goal scorer, a prolific finisher, but his link-up play and bringing others into play was just outstanding. Guy McKay-Steven looked like the player he was at Aberdeen, the guy that was getting into the Scotland squads. And on that form, there's not many players, not many teams that can cope with him in the championship. He is that cut above. And once it went 2-0 and then the third went in half an hour, Use the word inevitability. There seemed to be an acceptance that it was game over from everybody. And from there, Cali Thistle did try to come back. But once they didn't get that early goal in the second half, it basically was, OK, this is how it's finishing from both sides. Hearts didn't have to push too much harder. Cali Thistle didn't really have a way back into the game. And like you say, their only hope was that Dunfermline would slip up and that didn't happen. So you could see the, the disappointment afterwards from Everybody, we got a couple of players out after the match and, and Neil McCann obviously as well and everybody was just gutted that the playoff hopes were over. It's just have to regroup and it's only one game but it could be quite an important one against Air just to show their mental strength. It'd be quite easy for the season to fizzle out after such a good run in the last couple of months knowing that they can't now make the playoffs. But if they go out and put in a really strong performance against Air, who, by the way, are also still desperate for points themselves. They're only outside the relegation playoff spot on goal difference right now. They need points to make sure they stay up. If Cali Thistle can come out and put in a performance, put a few goals past them, get a good win to end the season on a high, it'll say a lot about their character. Mark Ridgers, I interviewed him this week and uh, good luck with moving house, by the way. Um, here's a little tidbit there. Um, <laughs> He said that they want to end the season the way they mean to start uh, next season. He says that he definitely wants Cali Fissel to be in contention to win the championship. 
It's great to hear that, but you've got a question. What is everyone's mentality now? I still feel when you've got nothing to play for except pride, there's always going to be that last day of school mentality. Because Califissal, they're going to finish fifth unless Queen of the South absolutely hit a cricket score against Dundee. And with Dundee also trying to chase second place, that's not going to happen, is it? The thing is, though, I, I would argue they do have something to play for. Realistically, they can't move up or down in the table. But in the same way Hearts had the title party last weekend, this is a farewell to Neil McCann. They want to send him off on a high. And also, I think you alluded to it on social media yourself, Will, so many of them are out of contract this summer. They're playing for their futures, whether that's at Cali Thistler to try and impress another club and get a deal there. Like, they still have something to work towards with this game. It's a good point you raised about uh, the players that are out of contract. Hopefully we'll see news in the next few weeks of people who are renewing their contracts, but there also might be players who decided Inverness is not for them next season. And that's why I think even the manager, Neil McCann, he might decide to just switch it up a wee bit. There could be a number of changes. It might be given players that haven't really had a chance of game time, just one game before the end of the season. I just think it's that kind of mentality. And you can't really blame them if they decided to do that because they're fifth at the end of the day. The only thing they might be playing for is win bonuses other than pride. Air United do have something to play for. They're trying to avoid relegation. Uh, they'll be looking for at least a draw and hopefully Morton don't beat our broth. Sorry to our IT guy, Jonathan, who's a big Morton fan. I, I think Morton deserved to be in the relegation playoff. I'm not sorry at all, Jonathan. Um, to be fair, I actually spoke to him, I think, last week after you had a massive rant against Morton and he was basically like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> oh, OK. So that's, that's not what the viruses on the laptop are about. No, uh, clearly not. Right, you're cool. <laughs> Um, also, I've got to say, I'm really surprised Air United are down there fighting against relegation. Like I said earlier, at the start of the season, when I saw the signings they made, they were my tip for second. We're talking Joe Chalmers, Tom Walsh, who, for me, during John Robertson's second stint as Cali Fissel manager, was his best signing. But also players like Dario Sonata and Jack Baird as well. It was a really good team. I'm really struggling to figure out why things have gone so wrong and Mark Kerr was sacked as manager. They've got something to play for. Cali Fissel don't. But Cali Fissel, for me, if they decide to mix things up on Friday night, I don't think people should be too concerned about it. Win, lose or draw, they're finishing fifth. I doubt very much people will care about the scoreline. Well, I said before that Cali Fissel players might be playing for their future, but... Again, more players who will be playing for their future are Ross County's players who are trying to stay in the Premiership themselves. The Califas are trying to get up there, County are trying to stay there and still possibly avoid the relegation playoff. They've got Dundee United on Saturday. United were impressive against Aberdeen, but they might make more changes. You never know. They did against Kilmarnock and it cost them. Kelly won 3-0. If the same thing happens, County might have a chance. Hearing from Mickey Melinfo, he really wants this Scottish Cup, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I watched the game on Sunday. They were tremendous. They absolutely ripped Aberdeen apart. And then speak to Melon afterwards. It, he he really wants to win this tournament. And they've got every chance now that uh, Rangers are out. Uh, what a result by St. Johnston, by the way. He did rest a number of players against Kilmarnock with the fact that the, their next game after that was the Scottish Cup. 
I would really like to see him do the same uh, ahead of the game against Ross County on Saturday because they look class act. And if they play like that, they'll do the same thing to Ross County as they did to Aberdeen. To his credit, John Hughes this week in the press conferences was saying that he is preparing for the Dundee United team that put in that performance against Aberdeen. He says that to stay in the top flight, you have to earn it. You have to face the best players in the country. So he wouldn't have any arguments if Dundee United did play a full-strength team. He probably also wouldn't have any arguments if they played a slightly under-strength team. I found it quite interesting, though, this week. There's been a lot of talk recently, and, and we've done the same thing on this podcast about Ross County's poor form, slipping back down into relegation trouble, having been 10th, having had a little bit of a cushion. Hughes made the point, I'm going to be interested to see what you think about this, Will, that when he took over, they were cut adrift a little bit at the bottom of the table. So just to have this chance of staying up, just to be in contention of not being automatically relegated, just to not be relegated already, can't you deserve a bit more credit than they've been getting over recent weeks? John Hughes certainly deserves credit because we both saw Ross County during the first half of the campaign. And I'll be honest, I thought they were doomed the way they were playing. Was it 13 games without a win it was? Something like that. I don't remember the exact number. I do remember it was St. Johnston, between St. beating St. Johnston and McDermott Park in September and winning at Easter Road in, against Hibs in December. There was no wins in the league. I'm not forgetting the League Cup win against Celtic, by the way, folks. But in the league, they didn't pick up any wins between September and December. I think Hamilton were just as bad at the time, but there was a real fear that Ross County were going to be involved in the relegation mix. I kept saying if they finished 11th after the regular season, they would be doing well. Things did change uh, when John Hughes came aboard. Um, They picked up some big wins against uh, Celtic and Aberdeen and Hibs I've I've mentioned as well. And beating teams around about them too, Kilmarnock and Hamilton. But the results against St Mirren kind of brought them back into the relegation playoff zone and Kilmarnock absolutely scalped Dundee United. Uh, They looked to be on form a wee bit, so it's still a worry. The fact is, Dungeon United's next game after Ross County is the Scottish Cup semi-final between Hibs, so it might be a case of we won't field our strongest side against Ross County, but as well as Dungeon United maybe choosing to rest some players this weekend, Ross County have to improve big time as well, because that second half showing against St Mirren wasn't good enough. They deserve to get beat 3-1. I think that's really the main concern, isn't it? We could talk about where Ross County were when John Hughes first took over, but once they got up into 10th and had that gap over Kilmarnock and Hamilton, you almost expected them to push on and, if anything, move further up the table and not look behind them. And the concern is that they've gone backwards, if anything, not just in terms of where they are on the league table, but the performances. Like you say, they're back at the point where you really fear for them anytime they concede a goal, where they're not always looking particularly creative for long spells and matches. They haven't beaten Dundee United at all this season. They've lost all three games the two teams have played. It's going to be a tough one, I think, even if Dundee United do rest a handful of players just because of the way that they're playing. Even the guys who'd be coming off the bench are going to be on a high after that sort of result last weekend. It'll filter all the way around the club and Ross County will be the exact opposite after that kind of result against St Mirren. So it's just set up to be quite pessimistic for Ross County, even though Hughes can probably rightly make the argument that his side deserve more credit, 
it doesn't really feel like that. It doesn't feel like that's where the momentum is going right now. So it's going to take a big, big effort this weekend to get a result in Dundee. Looks like they're going to make a couple of changes, maybe slight tweaks tactically. I don't know if that's going to be going back to five at the back to try and shore up the defence again. That remains to be seen, but whatever they do, they need to get a result because time is quickly running out for them. And Hamilton are only three points behind and have a better goal difference as well. I said last week, you had to look at the subs bench. They were very midfield heavy and there was very few defenders. I'm still not convinced about Leo Hielde. I'm just wondering if a change there might be worth doing. I'm not sure if Carl Tramarco is back for this game. They're hoping to have him back. Uh, they were hoping to have him back for the last game as well, but he has been back in training, as has Connor Randall, who they thought was going to be out for the season. He's back in contention for this weekend as well. So they do have a couple more options. I think they just need that experience. They need some battle-hardened warriors on the pitch, uh, which Carl Tremarco certainly is. He'll take no nonsense from nobody. Maybe even Cole Donaldson back into the team, just shore up the centre-backs. But I just think they need experience. I'm all for enthusiasm. Sometimes I think enthusiasm can be better than experience. You know, there are cases where players are set in their ways, but in this sort of scenario, you need players who know how to get the job done. I'm not convinced by that by Leo Hilde with what I've seen him at the moment. He's 17. A couple of years' time, he might be an outstanding player. I just don't think he's ready yet. We've talked a little bit about Hilde before, and I'm sure we can go into a little bit more detail again about him in the coming weeks but I think for the time being just a case of good luck to Ross County because we hope that they get the result that they need and there's still every chance that they're going to finish above Killy mathematically it's just a case of actually going and doing it on the pitch so if they can avoid that playoff somehow it'd be great to still have as you quite often rightly say premiership football in the Highlands next season yeah, post-pandemic as well it'll be, it'll be fantastic for the economy if the fans are allowed back which it looks like they will be, um, hopefully in time for the start of next season, because we, we all know what a travelling Rangers support, a travelling Celtic support, uh, a travelling Aberdeen support. Hibs and Hearts as well. Dungeon United as well, but they always bring a good support. And the town centre always benefits from that. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. If they play like they did against Kilmarnock in the second half, the first game after the split, they've got every chance of staying up but they can't afford just to let heads down like they have been doing. I'm going to be there at Tanadice on Saturday to see how that goes for Ross County. Will is going to be at the Cali Thistle game tomorrow night as they wrap up the championship season. We've talked about a few different levels of football already. We've gone Premiership, we've gone Championship, we've gone Highland League and League Two with the Pyramid Playoff. But there's also been a bit of an update this week, Will, on the summer amateur season in a couple of different ways, I think. Yep, uh, the Inverness District Amateur Football Association, I got that out in one, good, have announced uh, they're planning to start their league season on June the 7th, um, if things go according to plan, which is fantastic, especially as there was no amateur football whatsoever during the summer uh, last year. Uh, The Sutherland League as well, they're planning the first Saturday of July, which is fantastic for that area. Uh, Unfortunately, no Highland Amateur Cup. The organisers felt they just run out of time. And uh, when you've got teams from as far afield as Inverness and Shetland and the Western Isles competing, logistically, it would prove to be too much. And and to be fair to the organisers, they said to me, we don't want to hold a scaled down version. We want everybody at one back at the same time for that one. 
But yeah, the Inverness District League, where a number of teams from Russia play, I should say Maryborough are actually the, the Premiership champions. And Och as well, they're the, one of the heavyweights too. It's, it's going to be great. And it could be a case of, you know, fans will be allowed to watch games by the time that kicks off as well. Because um, May the 17th is the date that uh, outdoor contact sport, I should say, not just football, can return. So... Great to hear, and another sign of normality coming back. Another reason to get the jug. It was badly missed last year, because we've talked about this sort of thing a lot over the last few weeks, as various things have been called off, cancelled, or announced as coming back. But summer football is a real community with the people who follow it, with the people who play it, You know, the volunteers involved at all the different clubs. They will miss this so badly. It'll be great to see them all getting back out on the pitch this summer especially in the rural, rural areas as well. It's got a good following in Inverness, but during my time in Caithness, it was huge up there. Also, I should report Caithness haven't actually decided on if they're going to hold the summer um, season. They're going to hold a questionnaire with all the clubs involved. I think it's 15 up there at the last count to decide if they want to play or not. So that's worth keeping an eye on because they've got some of the best amateur clubs in the Highlands and Whitgroats and Pentland United and when those two meet, it's always a fiery affair. So it'd be good to have that one back. Yeah, I believe they've said they're not going to overlap with the North Cali League. So whenever the North Cali League finishes, that's when their window is going to start because you can't be registered in both. That might potentially mean a slightly scaled down version of the Caithness Summer Leagues. But like you say, that remains to be seen. There has been an official decision made on that one as yet. Since we're talking about Keith Ness, we might as well move up to the John O'Groat Journal. Uh, there's the latest comments on what the Summer League status is and a little bit of comment that they're not going to clash with the North Cali League. There's also the latest golf results and there was the prize giving essentially for Keith Ness Autocross Club for their 2020 award winners. I suppose there weren't too many things going on last year <laughs> in the pandemic. So it's great to see that they first off, went ahead and that they're able to reward some of the standout performers in autocross. It's great to see them get behind the wheel um, because, you know, as, as well as outdoor contact sport, it, it should be remembered the coronavirus restrictions also affecting motor racing. Going away up from Caithness, we just have to look at the snowman rally. Um, drivers and co-drivers being in the same car and that sort of thing. There were problems with that. So it's, it's great to see that events such as that uh, are back on track. And if I go over a little bit east to the northern Scot, it's a huge win for Elgin City on Tuesday night, 4-1 against Renrar to keep their own playoff hopes alive. They are going to be playing Sterling Albion probably as this episode gets released. But uh, Gavin Price has been talking about the little changes that he's made at Borough Briggs that allowed them to get that huge win earlier this week. And there's also a familiar name to anyone who follows athletics. Kenny Wilson has been talking about his chances of making the Commonwealth Games in the marathon after going sub two hours and 20 minutes in his first race in 18 months and only his second marathon ever. That's, that's some achievement for somebody so relatively inexperienced at the marathon. He's obviously a, a huge name in North athletics generally, but it looks like he's already doing very well over the, the longer distance, which is good to see for him. It's amazing to see the, the talent that the Highlands has, Highlands and Murray, I should say, 
uh, in terms of long distance runners. We've got uh, Kenny Wilson now aiming for a place uh, at the Commonwealth Games Marathon. It shouldn't be forgotten, uh, Sean Chalmers from Dingwall and Mary McLaren from Kirkhill are also aiming for the same um, places. They're part of the marathon project organised by Scottish Athletics to um, try and boost their squad for the marathon uh, next year, which hopefully the Commonwealth Games will go ahead. Of course it will go ahead. I might just clash with the Tokyo Olympics if we have to move that again. <laughs> I'm getting way too ahead of myself there. That's we're not even thinking about that for the time being. How, how many tests do we need to appear on balls and whistles? Because in the Olympics, they say they're going to have to test twice a day. But we're not congregating. We're doing this on the internet, so we don't need any tests. Will I should say I was supposed to get my jag on Monday, and I was told it was postponed. So I'm a bit of a downer about that. I'm going back to the bunker and waiting. Well, while you're waiting, are there any other stories that we haven't covered that you're going to be reading from this week's papers? Well, commiserations to Nair Dunbar Golf Club. The RNA announced that uh, instead of two hosts for the Amateur Championship in June, um, due to the restrictions of the coronavirus, they've just got to have it at one venue at Nairn Golf Club. And I'm sure that Nairn Golf Club will do a fantastic job. It's an excellent golf course. But you just can't help but feel sorry for Nairn Dunbar Golf Club. They said they completely understood the reasons why. Organisers have decided to hold it to one venue, but they put in so much work, I know, in preparation um, to co-host the qualifying stages of the event. And I I hope that Nairn Golf Club can at least benefit from some of the work Nairn Dunbar have done. Uh, and it, it's great that it's still going ahead and I'm sure Nairn as a town as a whole will, will benefit from it but I really feel sorry for Nairn Dunbar because it's not often you get to hold a championship of that uh, prestige at least it's still going ahead I guess in Nairn Yeah, the reason given was basically just this field was going to be much smaller with all the restrictions still in place by then on international travel, wasn't it? So they weren't expecting so many people so there wasn't the same requirement to hold it over two different courses Mm, yeah i'm sure it's no consolation whatsoever but you know they've, they've said they completely understand the reasons why so I take my hat off to them they've, they've taken the news well um i just hope they can benefit from it in some way even if it's tourists coming to the area and actually going to near dunbar and playing golf there um while they're not watching the action at near golf club well It's a bit of a sad note to end it on, but I think that does just about wrap us up for this week's episode of Balls and Whistles. Really sorry about that. You know, (laughs) I like to think we're optimistic uh, men in general. Well, I am. But yeah, let's aim for a happier uh, uh, episode next week. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be talking about a good end to the season for Callie Thistle, a playoff win for Brewer Rangers, an important three points for Ross County and a whole load of other stuff because who knows what's going to happen over the next week. In the meantime, make sure that you go and pick up a copy of this week's newspapers, hashtag buy a paper. I think that's what we're officially going with, support local journalism and all that. Get an e-subscription as well to any of your favourite Highland News and Media titles. Make sure you listen to the newest episodes of the Active Outdoors podcast by John Davidson and Health and Lift Nest by... Andy Dixon and Federica Stefani, among a couple of other great guests that they usually have on. I don't think there's anything else to say. Will, anything else to add? All right, well, let's just rejoice in the fact that uh, justice has been done for Broder Rangers and Kilty Hearts. We're going to finish on a high note. 
good luck to Brora in, in the playoffs. Hopefully they can beat Kelty and then absolutely smash Breakin City for um, what they tried to do. I, I think it was cheeky. I'd love to see them get beat like, not sitting on the fence. No, Breakin really annoyed me. Go on, Brora. Go on, absolutely smash him. For the meantime, until we see Brora go and smash and break City in the playoff final, have a good week. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time. <laughs>